Hi, and welcome back to the Mob Mentality Show. I'm Chris Lucian, and my co-host is Austin Chadwick. And today we're going to be talking about the internship program we do. Uh, it's a kind of a in a mob programming format, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, maybe Austin, you can kind of walk us through what it's like and maybe some of the key details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, some high level points, kind of like overall agenda is like the hiring, the onboarding, and then like what they do, and then maybe how it wraps up. And like, uh, and yeah, the mobs, mob is, uh, mob and ensemble is all throughout indeed. And I think I can give like the hiring process uh, in recent years, that's kind of like the more remote form. I might need you to fill in for the in-person form because it was different then, you know, so um yeah, I mean, so, you know, so the hiring process, the overall goal is we're looking for people, you know, kind of like similar to like a intro or entry role is we're looking for people who learn really, really well and work really well with others. Right. And so um, and so uh, once uh, the format we do is similar to if any of you have been to our uh, conference events where, you know, people come in to a big, you know, Zoom meeting or something and then they get dished out to individual mobs and then people will mob for a couple hours and we come back for a retro kind of thing. So a similar thing happens. You know, we take all the candidates who want to do an internship. Uh, we give them a little introduction talk to the organization, how we work, what is mob programming, what's about to happen, what we're looking for. And then, uh, you know, for as many people we have, I think like 10 to 10 to 20 uh candidates and then they get each get put into a mob about five i believe and then in each mob is uh someone who already is in the organization um and is helping to evaluate and actually there's two people in each mob um, there's someone who facilitates the mob and then there's someone who um is observing and then they take them aside for a one-on-one q a for about 10 minutes and so uh, yeah, so they all uh, get to do that, and um, I've I've been the intro person, I've been the Q and A person, I've been the facilitator for all these, and so yeah, it's a lot of fun, um, and it's a great mix. So in about an hour and a half to two hours, you interview a a big amount of people, <laughs> and you see how they interact with the mob, you see how they interact one on one, you see how they TDD or not TDD, uh, <laughs> and. You see how they respond to, um, you know, kind of the facilitators' promptings. I remember uh, one of the uh, facilitators who is in our organization. He was saying how uh, there was one mob of candidates, and one of them was trying really hard to navigate TDD, and the rest did not want to. <laughs> so he was trying to like be like, "Oh, TDD is what we're trying to do and encourage," but the rest just kind of took over and did non-TDD type stuff, and so. Uh, but the the one person was doing a good job of uh, trying to encourage the right behaviors and things. And so, uh, yeah, how, that's how it's been more recently. How's it been? How was it back in the non-remote days, Chris? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing that happens both remote and uh, back when we were not remote was um, that I want to highlight is those interviews, those 10 minute interviews are actually while everybody else keeps working. And so, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and so, uh, I, I think like one of the thought around that a little bit was, you know, how do people feel about leaving the work and, and, and the ownership of that, or if they were just navigating, can they pass it to somebody else successfully? That sort of thing. Um, but yeah, in, in non-remote, um, you know, so we would always get hundreds of applicants and then we would always narrow them down to some manageable amount. 
um uh, when we went remote we used to schedule many interviews inviting six people expecting a a, a few no-shows uh and then they would you know mob together normally at a, at a traditional workstation uh the transition to remote made it a lot easier to do it like we'd been doing the conference and just interview 20 people at a time uh and that worked out really well um so so uh you know, and, and we were looking for things like collaboration, as you said, you know, uh, going in the right direction and and not ignoring people. Um, we had some really, really, really smart people that were just stomping all over everybody else and making them feel awful. Uh, we had we had all kinds of like behaviors that we saw. And um, I think, you know, the mob interview tells a lot of the of behavioral aspects that um you know, and, and we even explicitly say, like, you know, you are working well together with people you're competing with as well. Like, you know, we're looking for working well, even with when you're competing with the people that you're trying to work with. Um, and uh, and so that that all was uh, has been, uh, you know, very interesting, but very successful, I think, in, in the in the candidate selection. Um, yeah. yeah, I remember. uh one of the people who was on my mob at the time came out of uh, one of the sessions, just blown away by how great some of the candidates were. So it's usually we have the problem of too many great people. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if every, if there's like, you know, four spots and there's seven people who get the highest score possible, that's a, that's a tough spot to be in, but also a very good spot. Right. Cause you yeah. know, those people not only are smart and, you know, effective and can program well, but work well with others and also have some good practices and learn well. So it's like a lot of good things come together um, and mentor, you know, kind of can tutor others well. And so, uh, but yeah, it, it uh, yeah, it lets you see uh, the kind of talent you're looking for very quickly, which is, which is a lot of fun. And I think so, also we can be, we can be very lean in the selection process. So um I know other internship programs, they take months to hire. Uh, you know, we we have like a set, since it's our HR department that puts on the internship program, we have a set time where we can hire. So uh, typically, you know, the, the job postings go up February 1st, they come down March 1st. Um, and then we, we can just say, okay, we want to interview these 40 people out of the hundred of hundreds of applicants that then gets scheduled into two of these kind of mass interviews. And, and then we can give a prioritized list based on, you know, uh, ascending score list. Right. And, uh, and then they just keep calling people until they find, they fill all the spots. So uh, we actually have the group of people that we want hired um, in, in essentially no time at all. And then that that's, you know, after that's done, then then the internships last for the whole summer. So uh, the that process has been very effective for us. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then after hiring, there's kind of a little bit of a lull before the summer, but uh, in that in that space is preparations um, for uh, the interns to start. And so the essentially the structure, if I'm remembering correctly, is. Uh, let's say three or four people were hired as interns, they will form their own mob. And uh, that mob will work with someone in the inside the organization to satisfy a, a customer need of some kind, right? Yeah. And so 
Uh, sometimes they get, to, I think they usually get to pick right from a list. Am I remembering that right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe a few details I can add. So, okay. yeah. uh, uh, early on, we actually, when we were in person doing this, we were like, oh, the interns can just join a mob. Right. And, and so, uh, they would work on work with the senior engineers and we'd have like that skill diversity thing going on. Um, that was really good for the candidate, but uh, it, I think there was kind of this HR requirement of a presentation of the value they added to the organization at the end. And and it, it was interesting because like at first I was I, I was thinking, well, you know, that's, you know, that's not necessarily, you know, what we want to do, but we have to kind of participate within this framework. But I think in the end, it kind of became good because it provided a little bit of a focusing lens on what we were having them do. So later, then they became their own mob responsible for their own work, and then they worked together to produce something. And uh, what was nice was, you know, I could look at all the things that we wanted to do as an organization in software, and then, uh, you know, provide some opportunity for um, them to think up their own idea. But if they can't think of something, then having, uh, I've started to have like kind of a list prepared of things, valuable work that that the software team probably will never get to. Um, and so uh, so those are the kind of the two categories of work made available to them. Uh, or maybe it's like something years and years out that we may eventually do or something. Um, and that has been a good balance. Uh, so if, if they're particularly creative or inventive, um, then they might come up with their own idea and get it vetted by uh, actual product owners. Or uh, they would um, kind of choose from this list of stuff that we know is already going to be valuable, right? Nice, nice. Yeah, exactly. And that and that's that highlights some of the preparation that goes be, behind the scenes. So before they arrive, uh, there's a couple different roles that I've noticed, at least in the past few years, that get selected from people who are already part of uh, kind of the mobbing organization and, and culture and product teams is someone becomes like their, uh, I don't know, their shepherd uh, for the, the internship. So they're their go-to person for anything, basically. It's almost like the buddy system. It's like the buddy for all the interns. And so like if they're having, you know, technical issues setting up a repo or, uh, you know, a mob station or something like that, that person will join their mob and help out. And, um, and so there's that kind of role. Uh, there's a few people who take on kind of traditional uh, time card type stuff, <laughs> right? And uh, that that kind of role. And then there's just kind of like uh, itinerant uh, mobbers who will come in and teach something formally, you know, so either, uh, hey, you know, the last couple hours of Friday, I'll, I'll join you guys and we'll, we'll learn about DevOps stuff or we'll learn about, uh, you know, testing legacy code. Uh, so it's going to be almost like a formal lesson, uh, almost like a learning time lesson, or also, um, and actually this is the role I've taken on most, is um, they, you know, join at the time when they're struggling to test something. So I remember there was an intern team once that uh, they got something to work with like serverless code, gathering data from one thing and storing it somewhere, and then doing some security handshakes. But all of it was untested. So basically, they just generated a bunch of legacy code, right? And they're like, how do we test this? And so I joined them for a while to walk through like, oh, here's how we can make a seam. Here's how we can unit test this. And um, and so then, then there's these kind of itinerant mobbers 
who will join in and out to help them learn a thing or two um, as the internship goes. But I suspect a lot of it, which is probably why there'll be a part two of this that will describe it in more detail, because uh, we know several people who have been through this process. <laughs> yeah, uh, If we can get them on, describe what it's like at those moments when someone like me is not there, right? So you're sitting there with uh, three other interns and you have uh, a problem, a business problem you're trying to solve and you're researching and solving it together. <laughs> so, yep. Um so I, th I suspect that's 80, 90% of their time is uh, they're in that yeah. mode. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of searching. Uh, I yeah. do. I, I expect quite a lot more like chat GPT sort of use <laughs> coming up. But, <laughs> uh, and I think that's going to provide a new dynamic actually. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Because yeah, there's all, all sorts of things that can go right with that and all sorts of things that can go wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I think during the time that they're working on things, they're, they're working towards a goal. Then they're going to prepare a presentation on that and then talk about the business value that they've, they've been a part of uh, their experiences. Um, and our HR organization also puts on a number of events so that they can go and see customer installations and other things like that. So um, there's, there's a lot of great stuff. Uh, you know, our, because of the kind of customer field trips, the role is a little bit hybrid, not, not purely remote, but um, so those are maybe some details that might be interesting to people. Um, but they, they mob most of the time remotely uh, using the same tools that any other uh, software engineer does. And uh, it works, you know, quite well. Yeah. 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 And it, and it definitely has that um, uh, from a kind of a product side, um, the get to experience what it's like to do thin vertical slices and not thin vertical slices. Cause that's something, you know, when I'll come in and join sometimes be like, I see you're making this big thing here. Is it possible to make it a smaller thing that you could demo to your, your contact sooner? You know, uh, you know, that kind of discussion happens good, but then at the end, they do have that presentation at the end where it, they kind of get to that experience of making something and presenting something and, uh, kind of demonstrating, and so that it, it it helps those skills as well. So, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's interpersonal because you're mobbing a lot. Uh, it's technical because you're doing a lot of technical stuff. It's product thinking because you, you're either making an enhancement to a product or making a new product of some kind. And, uh, and then it's also kind of uh, speaking skills uh, from all the navigation and also the speaking at the end and the presentation. And so, yeah, I feel like, you know, it's a uh, biased opinion, but it seems like, hey, that seems like a pretty good uh, flex yeah. of a lot of different skills uh, for an intern. Um, I think um, uh, <laughs> when I reflect on it, it's interesting because, you know, the first model you're talking about where they would join a team, uh, an existing team. I feel like that probably has less. What's the right word for it? Um, maybe frustration zone or <laughs> in like kind of the fluent edge thinking. Because you're in there with seniors and they can help kind of like, hey, here's what we're working on and kind of scale it and kind of facilitate a mob. And they're just a member of an existing mob, kind of like jumping on a moving train where when you start a team with three to four people and you do have someone kind of like uh, uh, kind of like a senior person in the back of the room who will come in and out. But you're going to have to learn reteaming or teaming <laughs> on your own, probably by fire quite a bit. Yeah more so than in the first way it was done. Um, 
So that might lead to frustration, but probably a lot of good learning too. <laughs> so yeah, and it it depends on their dynamic. Uh, yeah, because you, know, you know I think in the original role, the intern would join and uh, more or less just try and fit in, and so there was a lot of that learning that just didn't exist uh, for them, and it was hard to see. You know, I, I think to the point that uh, the HR organization wanted to see. Uh, it was hard to see their individual contribution to the end product. Like, yes, they got a lot of learning and yes, they were prime hiring candidates out of it. Uh, but um, it, it lacked a little bit of that fluent edge and, and back and forth. So I actually prefer this way now more. Yeah. And it leans towards your chaos monkey mode. So yes. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, I think uh, one thing that's been cool about it all is uh, many have... Uh, finished their school journey and then come and joined us later. And that's been fantastic because uh, they, uh, they know, they know the deal. They know <laughs> what it's like. They know exactly what they're getting into. And uh, we, we know who we're, who we're hiring. And so uh, uh, that's been really fun to see. And uh, yeah, it's been, I think it's been bene beneficial for both. And even those who go somewhere else, I've seen them talk about the things they learned and how uh, after one internship, they are, um, an influencer with test-driven development at a new organization, yep. <laughs> you know, and so, uh, yeah, so that, that that's fun for them. Um, so, yeah, any other closing thoughts on this one, Chris? Um, yeah, well, I, I had one more one more thread I wanted to pull on, which was the mm -hmm. uh, you know, what happens after uh, yes you know, they come through it. So, um, you know, toward the end, uh, so we we had some interesting learnings as we went along with the internship. One was um you know we we did hire a lot of our former interns uh when we were hiring you know shortly after and it was very valuable that was great um and and in general i think that's been successful every time um i think uh another thing that we we heard was when we didn't have positions open and people were looking for other jobs one thing was uh uh you know we 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 don't do estimation in our organization and so uh, we had some angry feedback from former interns uh, saying that they didn't learn anything about estimation and they were asked about it during their job interviews and, and essentially weren't selected because they never estimated any of their work. Um, so uh, we do kind of a, like a little bit of a parting course on, on, you know, we don't do this here, but other people do that there. Uh, so there is kind of like a, um, you know, we spent a couple of hours going over like you're more likely to find scrum than Kanban out in the wild. You know, this is what waterfall looks like. This is what estimation looks like. This is what story points look like um, just so that they're prepared on the way out. Uh, and so, you know, I found that uh, an interesting piece of feedback and I did feel bad about that person's experience. And so it was good that that came up. Um, and so it's kind of like uh, uh, what you're most likely to find out in the wild uh, course um and uh yeah so so those, those those might be my my final notes on that yeah um i really love the internship process and what it's become we also do retrospectives at the end of each one from the the uh, team side uh and so just kind of always doing the kaizen thing so yeah yeah exactly yeah i remember joining some of those and talking about scrum and dark scrum and some of those uh uh that that final partying before like oh what well, you might see out in the wild kind of thing yeah that's that's fun 
um yeah yeah definitely yeah so uh yeah and retrospectives throughout yeah i think that was good too for the interns to learn that process and uh yeah i think we'll we'll, we'll call this one a wrap but uh yeah if you if you all or any of you are involved in an internship program we'd love to hear how you do it what works what's not working so well um yeah and uh so please share this episode with somebody if you feel like uh this style or one facet of the style might be uh might help someone else and uh yeah, please reach out to us on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and more with your comments and feedback. And until next time, have a good one, y'all. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye, everybody.